Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ T- Pittinger, talking college football. Almost got your last name there wrong, TJ. We've been doing this for like two years, so it's all, it's all good. Is it, it actually, I think it's been even longer than that, but Whew. here we are. I'm tired. That's, uh, can't really speak correctly, but here we are, halfway point of the college football season, which is crazy. I'm ready for it to slow down, actually. Um, I think, you know, like we complain about how our teams do, but then we wait nine months for this to happen. So, um, I don't really care if we have a chance at the playoffs or not. I'm going to enjoy the weeks to come. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a lot of excitement on my side of the pond. Um, so Florida state, that's because your standards were lower. Um, I don't know if that's quite the case. I just think that it, I mean, The standards for the – yeah, I think the standard is different than the expectation. Um, I think both. Was Florida's standard – I mean, yeah, both were probably – I don't know if the standard was lower, but, I mean, that's probably a debate for another time, so we don't have to get all the way into that tonight. Okay. But the expectation was definitely different. Sure. Um, so Florida State picked up a big win this weekend. Huge, a, huge a win. 17.5-point favorite – I'm sorry, a 17.5-point underdog – on the road at North Carolina against the not what very I call, good a, what I call the worst matchup left on Florida State's schedule. Um, yeah, the place that Florida State has struggled the most mm-hmm. is in the passing game, and Sam yeah. Howell is undoubtedly the best quarterback that they would face down the stretch. I mean, that there's no there's no question about that. You can be yeah, as big of a homer as you the want. Best team He's, that you've got. Facing down the stretch. It doesn't – yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, that's why I call it the worst matchup, not the worst okay. team. Um, okay. When you go up against a guy that's going to go in the top five as a quarterback and your problem all year has been your secondary, um, that's probably what worried me the most, right? Right. Like mobile quarterbacks haven't killed us yet. Like Emory Jones hasn't killed us yet. Um, I mean, we like haven't that. played you yet, to be that's fair. That's what I'm saying. Guys, guys <laughs> like that. You know, right. Malik Cunningham, okay. mobile quarterbacks have not killed FSU. They've done a pretty good job up front. Their front seven is right. pretty good. Their back four has been pretty awful this year. Right. And so when you're going up against a team that has been very good passing the ball over the last few years and a quarterback that is going to go in the first five picks in the NFL draft, um, it was pretty worrisome. Florida State not only won this game, they absolutely dominated it. Wow. North Carolina jumped out to a 10 nothing lead. And from there, Florida State went on a 
35 to seven run. That's huge. Um, ended up going into the half up 11. Um, North Carolina scored to cut it to four, and then Florida State answered with two touchdowns in the second half to end up going up 35 to 17. North Carolina got a touchdown late with about five minutes to go, but then could not recover an onside kick, and Florida State ran the clock out to end up winning 35 to 25. Uh, Mac Brown hit the nail on the head. Florida State played a perfect game, which they had not played. Obviously, there were little things here or there that you could say you you should have corrected. I mean, you know, I don't know that anybody's really ever truly played a perfect game. Maybe sure. that Florida State against Clemson 2013 game, but, but nobody actually plays a perfect game. But it was definitely a more perfect game than anyone expected Florida State to play, whether that be Vegas, whether that be us, whether that be North Carolina. Mac Brown didn't expect that game out right. of Florida State. And so his record stays at never having beat FSU in his head coaching career. Um, and Florida State picks up a massive win. And what they do yeah. is they go to two and four on the year. They play UMass coming off of a bye week in two weeks. And so Florida State, after starting 0 and 4, will get to three and four, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not where you want to be. It's not what you sold kids on the trail. It's not where the fan base thought we would be. But if you told me after 0 and 4 that we would eventually be three and right. four heading right. into the Clemson game at three and four, I would have taken that. I would have taken yeah. three straight wins. Like, there's really no question about it, right? Sure. So, in the NFL, they always say that you chop the season up into quarters. Well, college football, you obviously play four or less games. So, if you chop the season up into thirds, Florida State's going to go three and one in the second third of the season. And then we'll see what they do after that. That is some assuming, spinning right there. Well, at the end of the day, you really can't change what happened in those first four games. Sure. Right? Sure. You can change so, the trajectory. Right. So, yeah, at the end of the day, they're going to have a losing record because of how poorly they played in those first four games. Also because Jordan Travis was hurt in two of those very winnable games that you had. Right. right. You know, we, we've seen the difference in the offense with Jordan Travis and McKenzie Milton in their full time. Sure. And it is much, much different. Obviously, Jordan Travis coming back off of injury. Florida State is 2-0. and In the three games that Milton started, 0-3. Um Got close in the Notre Dame game with both of them playing. So um, can't change what happened in those first four games, but we'll certainly take the results that are happening right now. Right? Sure. We certainly like the fact that they've won two in a row. They will beat UMass coming up in a couple of weeks. I don't expect another hangover. I think the bye comes at a perfect time to get guys healthy. The biggest difference in this game is that Florida State had their entire offensive line healthy. Everybody that they planned on having coming out of the fall was there and played on Saturday. Now you have another bye, or you have a bye week to get guys even more rested up and healthy and ready to go. And then you play a pretty terrible opponent in UMass. Don't want to take teams lightly. Obviously, we've seen what can happen with that with Jacksonville State, but UMass is the like just absolutely god awful terrible. So really, that should not be a problem. Um, and then you play Clemson. You can kind of see what happens there. I, I don't expect right. to beat Clemson. Um, not going to predict a win against Clemson, but. I think by beating North Carolina, it, you know, you kind of gave yourself the hope of like, okay, we can go in somewhere as a three touchdown underdog and be competitive. That that's not necessarily sure. to say that we will beat Clemson or we will beat Florida or we will beat this team or that team, but you went into a place where you had absolutely no chance of winning as a 17 and a half, 18 point underdog. And not only did you win, you dominated the game. And if you play that perfect game again, I mean, you can be in any game left on the schedule. 
Will sure. Florida State well, play that perfect game again? I don't. It's hard to predict that. They've played a lot more imperfect football than they've played perfect football, so it's tough to predict that they're all of a sudden just going to put it together from every game here on out. But that team exists, right? Now, we kind of did this last year with that UNC game. They beat UNC, and then they kind of fell apart afterward. And so that's the big challenge for Coach Norvell now is, okay, yeah, you beat UNC, but you did that last year, and then you beat you lost to Louisville the next week by 40. I don't expect him to lose to UMass by anything, but – if you go out and lose to Clemson by 40, who Clemson is not good this year. Clemson right. is not a good team. They're not right. ranked. They're way better than us, but they're not a good team. If there was ever sure. a year you were going to upset Clemson, this would be it. It would be it. Um, the same pro, I'm not predicting this. I'm not saying it's going to happen against Clemson. I'm not saying it's going to happen against Florida. If there was ever a team, a time you were going to upset Florida, it'd probably be this year too. We'll see what kind of happens as we kind of get around there. Remember where the perfect recipe for beating Florida was Florida State figures it out and it starts to click the second half of the season and Florida has losses piling up, which we've already had a loss to Kentucky that we didn't expect. They play a tough LSU game that we'll talk about in a little bit. And then they got to go play the number one team in the country at some point and they can't figure it out on offense. That was the perfect recipe. I'm not saying that happens, but that's still to me in play. Um, I'll say this. I, this I mean, just like the SEC is in play for us. If you still think the SEC is in play for you, then more Listen, power to you. I'm just saying, theoretically, we're right there with you. I, mean, I think the odds are about the same. They're not. If you look at the Vegas odds, the <laughs> odds for you guys to win the SEC and us to just win a one-off game are very different. But uh, if that's how you have to sell it to yourself, that's <laughs> You totally show me fine. those odds for Florida State in the Florida game. I would say Florida is probably right now a 17 point favorite. So similar to what UNC just was. Like, I don't think it's going to be 20. It's not going to be 28. I mean, you're thinking it's going to be that high? I mean, I don't, I didn't say I think it's going to be 28, but I don't think it's going to leave a whole lot. I'd say, uh, I'd say it's about 17, right? And I, I think that that I, would be uh, exactly what UNC was. And we saw what happened there, you know? I'm not saying that Florida State Florida's a better out. team than UNC is. They're a better team than UNC is. I would agree with that. Um, UNC is on the verge of being ranked where you where Florida is ranked like 20th. So, yes, I would say Florida is probably a better team. I think Florida is not as tough of a matchup as UNC is because where Florida State struggles with the secondary, I think your quarterback sucks and, and isn't you know going to be able to pass all over us. I could I mean, be I wrong on that. Sucks is a is a very strong word. I think uh, not going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate, not going to be a top five pick would certainly be accurate statement. Yeah. But he's, sucks. He's, uh, yeah, there's sucks huge, is tough. Sucks is tough. Huge sucks is tough. He's average. He's just an average quarterback. He's serviceable. He's, he's a serviceable he's very, quarterback. That's, yeah, serviceable uh, makes you feel better, but he's average. He's mid. I mean, like, you can call it. A, you can call him average at the moment. I don't know that I think he's done anything to say that he's above average, um, but. He's getting the job done. He's, uh, I mean, I don't, I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, he, he's not going to cost us the game against Florida State if that means anything. I mean, as long as he doesn't throw picks like he did against USF and FAU, right? I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't thrown that many since then. So I think Mullen's taking the ball out of his hands. Yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, um, so anyway, so Florida State gets a massive win. And again, not predict. I, I know you 
think that it's blasphemy to say that I think Florida State could be in that game. And that's really my only prediction is that Florida State plays really, really well like they did on Saturday against North Carolina. They could be in any game left on the schedule. That's My prediction is not that they absolutely will play that well mm-hmm. every single week, but it is that if they play as well as they did and they stay healthy and their offensive line is there, they'll be in any game left. I'll say this. Florida State plays as well as they did against North Carolina and Florida plays as poorly as they did from a coaching and execution standpoint that they did against Kentucky. Florida State will win that game. Yeah, like if, Mullen uh, lay, I mean, if, Mullen, if Mullen lays the egg again, which I don't expect him to, no. but if Mullen lays the egg again and the team absolutely sucks like they did against Kentucky, then Florida State will win that game. Like everyone left on your schedule besides Sanford will beat you if Mullen does yeah, that Yeah, I mean, I, mean, that's I, I, I yeah. I mean, I think it's unlikely, but yeah. And I thought it was unlikely against Kentucky. Yeah. And I didn't think that, you know, I mean, Jim McElwain never lost to Kentucky. I mean, I never thought Mullen would be Mullen would be two. Well, two. to be fair though, Kentucky is is a good football team. Kentucky is not the Kentucky team that we are used to seeing. Kentucky is a good football team. Kentucky's they are a good undefeated. Team, but you talk to me uh, about the standard and the expectation at the University of Florida. And the listen, standard at I'm University not saying that I'm happy with the loss to Kentucky, but right. I'm telling you that Kentucky there, is not the Kentucky that this is, this we is are not hoop. This used is not hoops. There, this is not hoops. There is no ex- This there is an is undefeated no... in the SEC Kentucky oh team they're, that has. They're a twenty point dog to Georgia. This yeah, weekend. like they're. I mean, undefeated I don't, I don't know that I, I hope that Georgia beats them. They're, to be honest with you, but they're a they're a undefeated in the SEC because of who they've played. I don't know. I don't agree with that. I think this Kentucky team. Do is you good. think Kentucky won that game against Florida, or do you think that Florida? So lost this that is game an interesting Kentucky? thing. I had this conversation. My brother-in-law went to Kentucky, and um, one of my brother-in-laws, and so we've talked a lot about that. And when Kentucky and Florida played, I really, really, really felt like Florida beat themselves. I did not feel like we saw a Kentucky team that you know, just came out and absolutely dominated and Florida couldn't figure it out. I think Florida beat themselves. I think that Florida made a lot of undisciplined mistakes. There was a ton of penalties. I thought the play calling was uninspired. I felt like it was just the worst showing that I have seen probably in the Dan Mullen era um, against a meh, so-so Kentucky team. I thought the Kentucky that played LSU last week was good. I wasn't LSU's watching. Not good. I know that we go back and forth on this. But LSU, listen, but the LSU's talent that LSU has compared to Kentucky, the Jimmys and Joes should overcome any X's and O's disparities between those two teams. The talent that LSU fields compared to Kentucky is crazy. Same that, with Florida and Kentucky, though. If I understand that. I understand that. But it was a different type of win. That wasn't a, an LSU just couldn't get out of their own way and then barely lost. That was a dominant performance by Kentucky. We'll know more about what that actually means when they play Georgia on Saturday. And maybe it means nothing. But as somebody that watches Kentucky every single year, this is a better Kentucky team than we have probably ever seen. I'm thinking back to like maybe 2007 when they had, um, didn't they just win 10 uh, games a couple years ago? Yeah, maybe two years ago, but then what was the quarterback's name? Maybe his last name was like Lorenzen. Maybe he was massive. He was Jared like Lorenzen, yeah. Jared Lorenzen. Okay. I, I mean, this is the best Kentucky team I've seen since that team. This is a good Kentucky team. And by Kentucky standards, this is a great Kentucky team. That doesn't mean Florida shouldn't have beaten them. Florida should have beaten them. Florida 
beat themselves that week. But that doesn't take away from the fact that this is a good Kentucky team. This is a better Kentucky team than we are used to seeing. Jim McElwain never lost to Kentucky. I don't think Will did Will Muschamp no, lose? Did he lose I one? Don't think, no, I don't think he lost to Kentucky at all. I think so, Dan Mullins. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there. I know this Florida is a great. I know this is a phenomenal Kentucky team that's a twenty-three point. I actually looked up twenty-three and a half point underdog to Georgia. So I mean, whatever. I don't. I there. I will take Kentucky in that spread. I don't think Kentucky beats Georgia. I don't think Kentucky loses by that many points to Georgia either, though. I mean, I'm. I'm more than happy f- to take the number one team in the country um, against that spread. Yeah, Kentucky is undefeated in the SEC because they've played three bad teams and a team that beat themselves, right? They played Missouri, they played LSU, and they played South Carolina. Barely got I would South- say Missouri barely- and South Carolina are not good teams. I would not say that LSU is a terrible team. I mean, LSU is 3-3 three and three with a loss to UCLA, so I mean, I, I don't know – how hard you want to cape for LSU, but you know, LSU, their wins against McNeese state and LSU would beat North Carolina. If that's your take, that's fine. LSU would beat Clemson. I mean, I don't know who, and there's, I don't know that there's a team in the Clemson didn't hold, didn't Clemson hold Georgia to 10 points and you, you all of a sudden have LSU winning that game. I don't think that, Georgia is as good as you think Georgia is. Well, the whole country thinks they're the best team in the country. By default, at this point, um, listen, Kentucky's, there's Kentucky, not a single team in the can, ACC that would beat can, LSU. Can, okay, I mean, I'm not even going to respond to that, but like that's fine. I mean, uh, can Clemson, you name one? Clemson, yes, Clemson Who? would still beat them. No, no. Clemson, so Clemson no, lost wouldn't. to Clemson lost to Georgia by seven, but all of a sudden they're not good enough to beat LSU. Like LSU and Georgia are seven points apart. Well, listen, that's, that's the way you think about it. I. I'm telling you, there's not a single team in the ACC, Clemson so, included, that would beat LSU. So LSU and Georgia are separated by less than a touchdown. No, I think that – no, I bet if Clemson so and Georgia Clemson, played now, it would be a bigger spread than that. It's amazing. Clemson's not good. Okay. No, it's not like Georgia's L- the only LSU, team they lost to. LSU is good. We're LSU gonna, is decent. Bang. LSU is better than any LSU team is, in the ACC. LSU that far is low. I understand LSU is, LSU is three and three – with wins LSU. Against, LSU is three and three with mm-hmm. wins against McNeese State, Central Michigan, and Mississippi State. And we're Listen, calling them a good and we're calling them a good team. That's just what I, I am calling them a team that is better than any team in the ACC. You can take that however you want. You can call that's, them a good team, you can call them a bad a, team. They're a better take. than any team. That, no, it's not. It's a not wild, a well take. A there is no take one that they would beat. If your only team that you can name that you think would beat LSU is unranked Clemson, it's not a wild take. I think that uh, I think that Wake Forest would beat them too. Now that we're here, I think UNC would beat them. Now oh that we're here too. no, you only are going to die on that hill because we've been arguing about this all season. LSU is a better team than UNC. LSU would beat Wake Forest. I think Virgi- I think LSU would I- beat Clemson. I think Virginia would beat them as well. Now we're just throwing like. schools out. Virginia's four and two. Like I'm just going to take every team that's got you know more wins. <laughs> more wins than losses. This whole okay. this whole LSU being a good thing is something that's fun to watch. You have to like prop up. I, I'm um, not propping up <laughs> because you took them early. I really don't know. What about how- you in North Carolina? You just Florida State just beat North Carolina. You telling me Florida State are- turned a corner? Okay. Okay. Florida State's turning a corner. Okay. 
I mean, I don't know how you look at this LSU team and say they're good, but it is cool to watch you do it to to put the SEC pom poms in the air high. Um, Florida with a probably the most unimpressive forty-two to nothing victory of all time against I mean, the worst team in the SEC. But you know, because they're in the SEC, they'd probably be every other team in the country. Talk to us about this Florida and Vanderbilt game this week. Um, I mean, very businesslike. I don't think that there was anything that I was like, huh. That was incredibly impressive, but they did exactly what they needed to do. That game very easily could have, uh, you know, Florida could have had 20 more points easily. Um, never in question, also never particularly exciting, um, but good practice for everybody out there. I thought it was interesting um, watching Anthony Richardson because I think that he very much looked like a freshman which is okay because that's what he is and he's allowed to look like that. But I was, it was interesting to watch Gator social media and kind of listen in the stands. We went to the game um, and listen to people be like, Oh, wow, that wasn't a very good throw or, Oh, he couldn't make anything happen there. And I think that it maybe filled in a little bit of the gaps for some fans that have been, uh, you know, on the Anthony Richardson, he has to be the starter train and maybe, let them see some glimpses of maybe what, what Mullen has seen. And I honestly think my honest overall take is this. I don't think that either one of them necessarily are world beaters. I think Anthony Richardson has the ability that's to be too with the very, whisper. that's brutal too, with the quarterback whisper recruiting them. But anyway, go ahead. I, I mean, I, I listen, you, it, it is incredibly difficult to figure out how a high school kid is going to pan out. I don't think, I mean, Jimbo did it pretty well. Everyone else in the country wanted them too. It's not like Dan Mullen was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to pick these two guys out of obscurity. Nobody else has given them an offer, yeah, but Anthony, I'm going to do Anthony it Richardson and I'm going to get from Gaines. Is it Anthony from Gaines. From he was committed to Georgia at one point. Um, well, and then Georgia said, back to I think Florida. No, I think he, uh, but anyway, he, I don't, I don't think that it has anything to do with Dan Mullen. I think that they're at He's this the moment, recruited him neither. And, and so did everybody him. else though. That's he's it. the one. That, that he's the stupid one. Stupid argument when everybody else one, wanted him too. Florida well, State the wanted only, him. Georgia wanted him. Alabama wanted him. He's the only one developing him. Or he's the only one developing him right now. And I think Emory Jones has has grown leaps and bounds since game one. That doesn't mean that he's grown into a Heisman Trophy candidate, but he's way better now than he was week one. He is developing and is growing. But my point is this: I think that Dan Mullen got it right the first time when he named his starter. I think that. When you see that. a couple of, you know, glimpses uh, that it turned in, that when we see the the end the end outcome, right? We don't necessarily know what he was supposed to do. We don't know what was called. We see that he turned seemingly nothing into something on a couple great plays, and it's exciting to watch. And he's fast and big, and it got the crowd going, right? And so that's what we see those small snapshots of that. What we haven't seen is that maybe that's not what was called. Maybe he made the wrong read. Maybe he missed three open guys that he was supposed to go to. There's a lot more that goes into it than just the end product that we saw, which was exciting and put points on the board and kept momentum going, which isn't nothing, right? But it's not necessarily what your coach is looking for um, at the end of the day. And if you only have those couple of bags of, you know, those couple tricks in your bag, I, I don't know that, that makes you into starting material at the moment. I think he will be Florida starter in the future. I think he's got a great career coming at Florida. I don't think he's ready to be the full-time starter. I think that Emory Jones is maybe not 
quite the talent that he was recruited as. I think that he is being developed. I think that he's a completely serviceable quarterback. I think that he's grown by leaps and bounds from the beginning of the season. I think Anthony Richardson being hurt really ended up benefiting Emory Jones because he got to be the guy without there being a little bit of the pressure for the first couple of, of weeks so that he could really solidify himself in his role. I think this team responds to him which I think that is important. I think you can tell that it's his team when you watch the sidelines, when you watch the huddle. I think all of those things are great things, but I also don't think either one of them is going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. And that's not a knock, right? That's not, I, I, I it doesn't mean I want a different quarterback. It doesn't mean that I want to search the transfer portal for somebody else. No, I don't. I think Florida can win I think games just with average. either one of them. I think, I, think I mean, I think see- they're better than average, but I don't think that they're going to win Heisman trophies. Me, I mean, you just told me you didn't know if Emory had done anything to say that he was above average earlier in the show. I, I think in today's college football, if you don't have an above average to elite quarterback, you don't win. And so you should want something else, right? Or you're just happy with, I mean, what is Emory's ceiling? 10 and 2? He's never going undefeated. Could I mean, Anthony maybe in three years? Maybe if Mullen develops him better than Emory has. But this is year three of Emory Jones in this system. And what you've got is an average quarterback. Yeah. And if you want to, and if you want to go on a scale of ten and say like, oh, he's a six. Okay, he's a six out of ten. Fine, I'll give you that. And he's probably not, but he's an average quarterback. In year three of Mullen's system, Mullen, the quarterback whisperer, he's a, he's an average guy, right? And so, does he develop Richardson better than he did Jones? Because he's already failed on Jones. At the end of the day, I don't. I mean, Jones, I don't think that it's fair to say this is a this guy has started what five six games in his entire at, at career the the day, it period. doesn't matter it doesn't matter at this point yeah, it does if, he's if got a lot of games in front of him it does matter do you think he's gonna beat out i mean if he's the starter next year richardson's transferring yeah like that's just how college football works now so yeah i don't think emory's a starter next year like i'm just telling you know now he may well i mean we got a lot of football left to play but, this year so i don't that, even want to contemplate that's my, that thought, that's my take but, is I'm not willing to write somebody off as this is their ceiling halfway through their very first starting season. I'm not, that's, you can say that if you want to, but that's, but game experience is not something you can replicate in practice. I don't know, man. When you you see true freshmen coming out and winning Heisman's and national championships and stuff like that, like that's what it takes to win in college football today. Well, first of all, there's not national freshmen don't win national championships without all the right pieces around them as well. Freshmen don't come in and just will a team of guys not good enough to make it there otherwise. To a national championship. So Florida's that's not, not how good enough. So Florida's Florida not good still enough needs pieces. Ways? I think Florida still needs pieces. Yes. Are you confident? I think Mullen's Florida still needs to be able pieces. to do that. Yeah. I want to see how the next year or two plays out, but yeah, I I, I am confident that Mullen can continue to get the right pieces to the I think puzzle. The trajectory with Mullen has been downward now that Max players are gone. He won mm-hmm. ten games twice with Max players, and he's about to go eight and four in back to back years. What are your thoughts there? I mean, I don't think Florida's going eight and four, so I'm not going to comment on a record that so I don't think and, is going to happen. But so nine and I think three, that case? COVID. Uh, no, I think I I think ten and two is. Uh, I don't know if. Let's say they lose to Georgia. Are you, is that assumption that they lose to LSU this week? Like where are you getting two more losses outside of Georgia to bring you to that eight and four? I'm not sure, but I didn't have them losing to Kentucky and they found a way well, to do that. So. Well, I told you they would probably lose to somebody they shouldn't. 
I don't think it's going to so be Georgia. Impossible, I think they it's beat impossible Georgia. that they could lose another one to somebody they shouldn't. No, but I I think it's less. I don't. I think it's unlikely they lose another that they shouldn't. Okay. Well, we I think see. that it's that it's we, unlikely. How likely is it? Let's jump into this then. I think that's a good transition. What? Uh, what are your thoughts on this LSU game this weekend? So LSU is because you've been um, telling me all year about how great LSU. Yeah. Is, so let's. Talk I about mean, how I how good they not are. Not how great. I think LSU is good. I think LSU has the talent to be very good. They have a lot of really highly rated players on that roster. They're pretty banged up, which is fortunate for Florida. Um, unfortunately, they were really banged up last year when Florida played them too, and that didn't seem to uh, matter. I like that it's a noon game. We talked about this last week. I love a death uh, our night game in Death Valley. There is nothing I love more. I don't love a game in, Di- in Death Valley for this particular team. So I think that it's good for Florida that it's a noon kick. Um, I think it's good for Florida that LSU is banged up. I think that it'll be interesting to see. I don't know how much of Dan Mullen's body language you watched on Saturday or what you were able to watch the Florida game at all because you guys were playing. Um, but he was pissed a lot of the game, um, pissed in a, a different way than we've seen him look on the sidelines this year. Like I would say he has looked more, um, carefree than I would maybe necessarily like my head coach to look a lot of the games this this year that's not the look that he had on Saturday which is interesting because it was a game that was also never not in control for Florida so um but he there was a time where he chewed Grantham's butt on the sidelines I mean just just ripped him a new one uh which I love to see because Grantham didn't give up any points this week right Right, right. It was a shutout. Um, Well, to be fair, they missed three field goals. Um, Now, here's the thing with the defense. It is, and I know that this is kind of Grantham's calling card. This was his calling card at Georgia as well, is the bend, don't break defense. But for me, he... uh, the the mechanics are missing. The fundamentals are missing. Florida has become a poor tackling team. There shouldn't be three or four touches points of contact before somebody is actually tackled and wrapped up. And that's what we're seeing a lot. So it hasn't gashed Florida for, you know, anything major. I, I mean, they tackling lost technique, but I think tackling technique would technically be on your um, position coach. Correct. Not your, not necessarily I, your, I, I, mean, I don't know that the defensive coordinator is. Some, um, yeah, but at the end of the day, your position that. coach's answer to your defensive coordinator, who then I mean, answers to your head again, coach. I don't, so I know, that, I know that Grantham gets all the blame for everything that wrong that's gone on with Florida over the last couple of years, but again, well, I, I, don't I don't know, know that, that I, I don't know that I don't know that tackling technique is. I don't is know. The, well. Is the, I don't is the, know that I think that I would that's true Grantham. because Grantham has continued to stick around where Florida's lost some other defensive position coaches. So I, that's one of the constants, right? Like we switch out DB uh, coaches, who, but we, we still have who, the same we uh, tackling problems. Right. We remember. I understand that. But at the end of the day, okay, if the defense has not improved by the end of this season, at the end of the day, it's on Mullen because it's his – it was his decision to keep Grantham. It, it but, likely should have been on him from from last year. I mean, we all saw the defense last year, and we all said, "Yeah, I mean, I was not impressed there. with the defense. I would have been happy for him to be gone last year." I also stated multiple times, "I don't know what goes on in those meeting rooms. I don't know whose responsibilities are doled out, and maybe they're differently that different than I'm picturing them in my head." But 
I would have been totally happy to have a different defensive coordinator going into this season. And I feel like I've made that pretty clear, but at the, I do uh, think I your defensive say, coordinator think... is responsible for making sure your team knows how to tackle, whether that is chewing out your position coaches to make sure they do their job better or getting his own hands dirty and teaching it either way, your defensive coordinator, if your team is going on year four of tackling continually declining, that's a problem. So, uh, I mean, it's a problem for me, but it's also been Grantham's calling card prior to being at Florida. There is a reason that third and Grantham is a thing. That was a thing Georgia fans said prior to him even getting here. Um, I mean, he's never been my favorite coach well before he ever got here. I think it's, but they did decent on Saturday. I think he wears like a lot of the blame when at the end of the day, you know, his defense this weekend pitched a shutout. Um, his defense held an undefeated Kentucky team that you love to reference that. He held them to 13 points. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think and, and so the defense Mullen, has improved. Mullen, but you know, there's there's not the same there's not the same animosity towards Mullen's offense for only scoring 13 at Kentucky as there is for Grantham's defense pitching a shutout against Vanderbilt. <laughs> like, I mean, more, think about that. People are more upset about Grantham for his defense pitching a shutout against Vanderbilt than they are for Mullen only scoring 13 against Kentucky. Like that's, think, and whether that's fair or not, you know, that's the truth. You know, a hundred percent. Nobody who says was, that fans know what they're talking about though, when they're on but social media. I'm, complaining but I'm not about talking things. about fans. I'm talking about me and you. But like, then who you are you know, talking you know that there's more animosity towards Grantham because he's the convenient target. Nobody wants this to be Mullen's fault. Nobody wants Mullen to be Gainesville rigged. Nobody wants Mullen to be the one that is really the problem. Nobody. I wants think to- lots of fans want that. I don't want that because I don't think that's what the situation is. Well, Mullen's but the one that kept Grantham. Mullen's Mullen the is one, the one that cu- that kept Mullen's Grantham. And if we're going 13. by your stats, then I guess Grantham is completely safe and it was the right decision to make, right? Well, on the defense... I don't know that the defense has cost you guys a game yet this year. I think it's been on the um, I, So I think if the defense had played better no. the first half of Alabama, we could have won. I mean, um, maybe, but you still I held Alabama, still held Alabama to 31 points, which is pretty freaking good. I mean, my the barometer in my head has always been 21 points. If your defense against, can hold the opponent. No, I get that Alabama gets a little. I, I Listen, I get that. But in general, Alabama's that's always been Alabama's averaging 44 and a half points a game to hold them to 31 right. is the right. And, the and it, truly that's the defense played defense. one half of football, right? They spotted them 18 points before they started to play against that Alabama team. And then they, if you look at the stats from just the second half, they were even better. They were even more impressive. I'm not, I think the defense is trending in the right direction. The tackling is incredibly frustrating. What's struggling to watch. is the offense, the but offense, not statistically. I mean, are you using the Vanderbilt statistics or are you I'm using, using any the statistics. Kentucky the Kentucky statistics. statistics, the offense was statistically better than Kentucky. But they What's made the statistic it. that matters? Points. That's it. Right. And that's right. what they were. But I'm worse. saying when you're when you're but you were referencing that when statistically Florida's offense has been fine. Where Florida's I, problem is is that they're making mistakes, they're getting costly penalties. They're everyone's leadership. Still, that's on coaching. 100%. No, it's not. Well, yes, no, it is. It's Discipline not. is on coaching. It absolutely is. You cannot say that penalties in that is not on coaching. 
Like that's wild. Listen, I'm a fan of a team that is the most penalized team in the country most of the years that I've been alive. And they've had lots of different head coaches during that period of time. So I don't know if I buy that or not, but Florida has been the most, Florida was the most penalized team in the country the year they won the national championship in 06. So I I mean, it is what it is. I was, I'm very frustrated by false start. I think that those are the penalty to fix. I mean, I, who are we blaming those on? I would blame those potentially on Mullen and on the O-line. Potentially. I would and I wouldn't blame it on the offensive line coach because again, he answers to Mullen. So No, but um, that's not your your coaches have to take some accountability. You can't to give all of it to Mullen and there right. be no responsibility underneath him. That's not how this works. We did with the tackling. No, we that's did, what you did with Grant the tackling. The, I blame, blame Grantham. I blame the defensive correct. coaches. You're right. the one that's saying I you blame, should blame Mullen. I think that's well, then stupid. I think we. I think if we blame Grantham for the tackling, why are we not blaming Mullen for the false starts on the offensive line? Like I don't. I think that's the that would be the same standard. You blame the guy that's in charge. I don't know. I don't. I Mullen's in charge of everything. Right. He's, he's the head coach. Guy, but he's an offensive guy. I, mean, I get. I understand that. But I. I mean. I don't know. I know. I mean, it just, and it's, it's not like they're, uh, how do you fix that? If not in the moment, right? You have to fix it in the moment. It's not like it's happening in practice and they, I mean, maybe it is, and they haven't told us about it, but that's not, I think that's different than tackling. You can literally look and see where these tackling mistakes are being made. And then you should be going back in practice and doing tackling, nothing but tackling drills until this is done. Right. I think that's a little bit different with your false start penalties. What do you do for that? I don't know. I hope stadiums. I don't, I mean, uh, but I, I think know. it's, I think it'd be it's up very to different when there's a technique missing than a discipline issue. Those are two very different. You have to coach both of those very differently, right? If you are literally missing a technique, you go back and you work on that one-on-one and you perfect it. You fix it. You fix whatever the problem is. That is different than a discipline issue, which is much more abstract, right? Like how do you go back and and fix a false start issue? I don't know. That's I don't get paid millions of dollars to but, figure out how to fix false starts. You can answer issues. the question and how you fix a tackling issue, right? I you mean, go back to basics. You work on fundamentals. You do tackling drills. That's that a lot the same, easier of an the, answer is than that it is the same for, thing with offensive line. No, no. Those two. One is you incredibly abstract. You can't just comparison. tell people stop jumping offside. I mean, like you do you think that that hasn't been tried? I'm sure it has, but. I just, I, I mean, know. this is a poor tackle. This I don't is get a paid. Tackle. I don't get paid five million dollars a year to tell people how to tackle or how to not fall start. So that's on your coaches to figure that out, no? Yeah. Or the coaches that kept them around. Yeah. To figure that out. Well, hopefully so they'll Florida's, put it together so this Florida's week to play LSU. So Florida's going to blow LSU out this weekend. No, I mean, I don't know that I think they blow them out. I think they win. I think they win, and I think they win comfortably. Comfortably. I think they win comfortably. So. Um, Florida's big thing has been stringing performances together. Um, obviously they looked pretty good against Alabama. They looked decent in the second half against Tennessee. Yeah, they looked um, good against Tennessee. First half was pretty close. Tennessee had a chance to get it even closer, but missed a field goal at the end of the first half. And then Florida kind of turned it on. You talked about the difference in athletes. Um, mm-hmm. that that showed up against Tennessee in the second half. It did not show up for whatever reason in the second I half. I don't think Kentucky. Florida has put together a complete game yet this season. So I think that that's going to be where down the stretch will be the difference between finishing the season 10 and two and finishing the season 
nine and three. I think I, I don't think eight and four happens regardless of how you finish it out. But I I think that Florida is going to have to play four quarters in multiple of these games that they have coming up starting on Saturday to to be able to get past uh the teams that are coming forward. You could play, I mean, and Florida played fine against Blandy, right? It was not, there was nothing like inspiring about it. It just was very business life, 42, nothing. Great. We're out of here On to the next. Um, but I don't know that I would say that that's playing a complete game because of who the opponent was, right? Like I think they, they, it was totally serviceable. 42, nothing we'll take, but there was nothing like electric about it. I, they obviously didn't play four quarters against Kentucky. I think they played, two quarters against Alabama and had they played more, they potentially could have won. I honestly, I mean, Tennessee, they are that much better than Tennessee. They didn't have to play four quarters to beat that team. They will to play to beat LSU. They will to beat Georgia. They will. I mean, I would like to see them play four quarters against uh, Florida state. Like there are some games on the schedule where they're going to actually need to put together this complete game. So I'm interested to see what happens on Saturday because that this is a test. Yeah, and if Florida's shown us anything, it's that one of two teams will show up, and like I said, they will either win this by fourteen or they will lose this close by seven. Right. You know. Right. And and they'll let LSU hang around, and they will yeah. end the season with four or five losses. Well, they lose this game. Team, they lose this game. Four or five losses. Where are you just? Where are you getting these losses? Like, well, I, I think I mean, if they lose to LSU. They're definitely going to lose to Georgia, which would be number four, right? Would you still predict a win against Georgia if they lose this weekend? Uh, probably. I'm I'm on well, the beating Georgia you're, train, yeah, right? You're not well, getting you're, me off that train. You, you did the bourbon podcast this evening instead of me. Um, <laughs> so if they lose this, they're they're definitely losing to Georgia. So that's four losses. And if they lose this, I mean, they could slip up against somebody else. They could slip up against the Missouri. They could slip up against a team they're not supposed to. So yeah, I, I don't expect it, but yeah. um, you know. Kentucky beat Florida by more than they beat South Carolina, not to play the transitive game, but you know, if Florida just keeps dropping all these games as double digit favorites that they shouldn't, then yeah. I mean, the propensity for them to continue losing is there, right? What's the line on the Florida LSU game? 10 points, 10 points. So um, I think that's about accurate. I think that's what Florida wins by is 10 points. So you're like a push in that one. You're calling a push. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I think ten points is is. All right, let's get into some picks before you get in trouble. Um, doubted Mullen any more than you already have tonight. Texas, okay, last week's picks. I thought you were going to get this. Did you watch that Texas? I did. Game? We were driving oh, no, home you from the you Gator game. No, you saw the very end. That didn't count. I well, that's true. I saw like the last three minutes of it. Texas had a three score game the entire day. Oklahoma yeah. came all the way. You were going to cover. I was like, I know. I got this right. I know the it. whole time I kept looking at the checking the scoreboard in the uh, stadium. I was like, wow. <laughs> totally yeah. knew this was coming, but that end I did. We, we, um, we break, we always bring the iPad in the car for the way home from the game so that we can watch whatever games happen to be on. And so we turned it on just in time to watch the last three minutes of this game, which was crazy. Yeah, Such a incredible. good time. Um, Oklahoma ends up pulling it out and covering the spread. I got that one, <laughs> right? We both took Ole Miss who did end up winning but only by a point because Arkansas went for a two-point conversion didn't get it. So we both Which was the right one. call right there, by the way. I liked it, especially on the road. Um, and Ole Miss having the better quarterback. I like the chance to just go yeah. win it there. I, I don't I, I wouldn't have liked their chances in overtime a ton. Yeah. Um 
Corral may win the Heisman, um, former UF commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went with Emory, so it's all good. Um, we both took Vanderbilt to cover the spread, and just barely UF was able to cover it. Um, 42 point win. Um, I can't UF win when I bet for UF, I can't win when I bet against them. Yeah, Mullen knew that you did that, so he kept the starters right. a little bit longer. Um, UGA covered the spread against Auburn again. We don't think they're the number one team in the country, but they sure do beat the hell out of every single team that they play. You say um, we. I know you do. I do not. I don't, they might be the saying. number one team in the country uh, at the moment. They I just might don't be. think that they're not beatable. Well, they are the number one team in the country. I just think um, they're beatable, which, okay. by the way, I had said about Alabama too, and that was clearly correct. So Iowa covered the spread against Penn State, mm-hmm. a point and a half. We both took Alabama, talking about that game where Alabama was beatable. Um, mm-hmm. Tough loss for Florida fans in that Alabama-Texas A&M game. Um, I know that you guys were really excited about going Why? back to – Well, um, back-to-back years, we played Bama the toughest. I thought I think they were even making a like a banner for Ben Hill Griffin. We played Bama closer than anyone else back-to-back years. Uh, to lose by six one year and then two the next year. I know that was something that Florida fans were very happy to be able to hang their hats on. And now Texas A&M has robbed you guys of that. So Jimbo beats you guys again. Um, who'd have thunk it? And then I got the Florida State covering the spread correct. I didn't think Florida State would win, but they certainly covered 17 and a half. That they so did. I went four and three. You went three and four. Our records are now tied 17 and 21. We need to now work on getting above 500, but I've come, I've clawed my way back into this thing and it is tied up. So we'll see how things go this week. Texas, after their heartbreaking loss, is a five and a half point favorite against Oklahoma State. The game is in, it's at Texas. So Texas is the home team as a five and a half point favorite. I think I like Texas to, I do to, too. to cover this. Okay. Yeah. Um, Arkansas is a three and a half point favorite to against Auburn. Um, Give me Arkansas. Yeah. I like them to cover as well to come back from that. Uh, UF is a 10 point favorite. I'll take LSU there. Cause I know you'll take UF. Yeah. Give me UF. Um, Georgia is a 23 and a half point favorite in Kentucky. I'll take Georgia. I'll take Kentucky. Very good. Um, I don't think Kentucky of- wins. I just think they cover. Yeah, I don't think they do. I think they're fool's gold. I think only bad teams have lost to Kentucky. Um, <laughs> a couple so of uh, a couple of upcoming Florida State opponents. Uh, Florida State's on a bye week this week. We didn't talk about that, but they they hit it at the perfect time to get some more rest. NC State is a three point favorite at Boston College. A couple of ACC teams here. One that has already upset Clemson. NC State, a three-point favorite at BC. I'll take – I like NC State here. I like BC. Okay. And UNC is a seven-point favorite against Miami. Uh, I like North Carolina to cover the spread and cover the spread big. I think they beat Miami's brains in coming off of that loss against Florida State. I think it would be pretty pissed. Derek King out for the season. I like UNC yeah. to cover that. Yeah, let me give me Miami as well. Did you see Derek King? No, I said come- UNC. I said UNC. You want Miami? No, I want UNC. Sorry. Oh man, I always uh, wanted you stick with them too. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, did you see that Derek King may come back for his seventh season? It's a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit. Uh, like we should, like it's enough. It's, yeah, 
it's been I mean he's gonna end up being older than Chris Winky was when <laughs> I actually saw Chris Winky a message this this evening and he doesn't message you back. So I'm a little bit pissed about it. But um yeah, he's gonna be like four hundred years old, man. Like just give it up. Yeah, I, certainly they don't certainly he's done, right? There's no way he comes back. I mean I would think, but I don't know. But I I uh I saw that like the Miami or somebody tweeted out basically that like he's done for the season that he elected to have shoulder surgery and Derek King retweeted it and said something like elected, like yeah. basically like this was an optional here. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, but certainly he doesn't come back. This it's enough. Like we appreciate your service. I mean, we'll see. Call it. Don't call us. We'll call you type thing. Um, <laughs> we'll be back next week after LSU upsets Florida. Allie will have some kind of spin. Why it's not Mullen's fault and it's definitely Grantham's. Um, make sure to tune in. You're so um, annoying. I'm excited to watch that game because we all know what's going to happen. Right? I will like, be sitting in a gymnastics meet watching it on my phone because my children compete oh, at because, 11 and 1. You, and the, You don't want to watch your children. Sad. Um, I'm going to multitask. I'm, That's what I'm mother gonna, of four does. I'm going to see if Scott wants to come over and watch it. So, um, you know, Scott's the only peak in the world that hates UF as much as I do. So that's why I like him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't hate UF. That's yeah, not true. I mean, sure seems like it. So anyway, we'll be back next week. We'll do this all over again. Thank you guys for hanging out until next time. Go Noles.